Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of season three. If you're just joining, I'm Robin of Add a Tired Witch on Instagram, and I am joined by the beautiful Maria of Maria the Arcane on Instagram. Why, hello. Thank you. <laughs> and I just say that your hello at the very beginning was very sensual <laughs> oh my god did you see the comments that we got on social media of people like keep using the word sensual i was no, dying that's I was so funny dying. i'm pretty sure we did a review on apple podcast where somebody said how sensual our voices was and i <laughs> choked <laughs> Oh, we're here to provide the real witchcraft content that everyone's looking for the sensual witchcraft <laughs> is very sensual <laughs> oh no If you've just joined us every single week, we talk about upcoming lunar phases. Uh, our, I was just telling Maria off off camera, not the wrong camera, but you get the point. Anyway, <laughs> um, that the lunar phases are kind of fucked up this month in terms of our like recording schedule. So I'm just going to cover the Saturday lunar phase, even though we talked about it last, last episode briefly. And then we're going to talk about the one following that. So that being said, on Saturday, just like we talked about last episode, the 16th, we have the full moon in Libra. It does cover a three-day span because it is a full moon. Libra full moons are a very good time to focus on bringing more balance into your life and kind of, I don't know, um, putting a little weight (laughs) into the sides of your life that you maybe are not paying enough attention to. Um, this is also a really good time to focus on spell work that has to do with bringing justice into your life or, I don't know, getting your way, <laughs> I guess you could say. We love that. <laughs> uh, like we talked about last time, uh, which Maria and I are live, laugh, loving, is how sensual the full moon in Libra is. There yes, is so nothing wrong with doing a little bit of self-love. Yeah, or even like sex magic that deals with, involves with making things go your way. Dang. Maybe some like dominant sex magic. What is this, Fifty Shades of Grey? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it Um, is. (laughs) So after that, because that's Saturday, following Mm -hmm. that, we have the new moon in Taurus, which is on the 30th of this month. Uh, new moons like we talk about every time are a really good time to focus on beginnings or have a fresh start and the Taurus new moon is really good to kind of hmm, plant seeds in a rooted and grounded way I know that sounds absolutely redundant but (laughs) what I mean is is that this is a really good time to create tangible starts to things so these will not be sort of spell work that is kind of metaphorical or dreamy of any kind these are like tangible tangible things so let's say hypothetically as an example you were trying to buy a house 
this would mm-hmm. be a really good time to start spell work to like ensure that the house that you're going to want to get when you start looking, you're going to get. This would be a good time to even on like a mundane level, plant seeds in your garden, especially with spring starting for spell work. So maybe start a little herb garden that you can later dry those herbs and use them in spell work. Um, but the Taurus full moon is very much so all about tangible rooted and grounded spell work. Mm -hmm. So I say get out there and do any kind of magic that is really going to give you a sense of reality (laughs) and put you, you know, that one step forward in a positive way towards Mm -hmm. some homely energy, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. And... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and then it's also like the dark moon in Taurus is the day before. And I think that's also that a great true. time to like focus on materialism and things like that. We- so where are you spending money that's not actually being conductive to your growth or something like that? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So where have you been a little materialistic lately? We also have a lately? partial yeah. solar eclipse too. <gasps> Do we? I believe so. So it's just partial. <laughs> um, just so we are looking bit. at a full solar eclipse. But if you are somebody who decides to work with eclipse energy, uh, you can utilize this. I personally choose to not. But, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people choose to. And if you choose to, we do have a partial solar eclipse at this time. Yeah. We love that. Yay! <laughs> So, if you just started listening to us, we talk about a random tarot card every episode. We go over the universal meaning and then go over our own interpretations of the cards. This is just so it helps beginners form their own opinions or even those who have been practicing for a while expand their views on other meanings. So, this week we're going to talk about the Nine of Cups. And on the Rider Waite Smith version of this card, you'll see a man on a small bench, and the Nine Cups are arranged like trophies behind him, and his arms are crossed and he is manspreading. Okay, so the keywords to this card are happiness, fulfillment, and being proud. Now, like most of my interpretations, how this card is positioned and a spread means everything. To me, it is kind of a mixture between like the four of cups and four of pentacles in its meaning. So when this card comes up in a reading upright in a positive spot, it shows being proud of how far someone has come with their happiness. It really shows a moment of reflection that someone's like sitting down and thinking, thinking like, oh, well, look at me. I finished school. I have an amazing job. I have a family I love. I'm truly making it. They realize they have so many things that they should be proud of, things that they've worked hard for that have ended up being successful, which is feeding their emotional fulfillment. Now, things are like hardly perfect, but they are enjoying, you know, that particular moment, not letting anything bring them down. Um, The thing is, though, there is no such thing as having too much or just enough happiness. It is great to be proud of how far you've come, but you have to keep working on that happiness and even future happiness, trying new things and adding them to your, quote, you know, trophy room. And it is really easy to become stagnant, even when we reach like a pinnacle of happiness in our life, because Mm -hmm. happiness takes work and we have to keep working towards it now. 
now when this card is upright in a negative spot, it can show being boastful. You know, this man is alone in this card. He has no one there to share this happiness he has cultivated with. So if it pops up in a negative spot, it warns you to be careful of alienating people by trying to be the center of attention. There is nothing wrong with like sharing how happy you are. But if you are trying to make every conversation about it, it may be time to reflect if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. how do you view this card? Um, I have genuinely mixed feelings about this card. Mm-hmm. Um, upright, like you said, it is kind of getting what you want. It's positivity. There's all these great things, right? Mm-hmm. But my problem with this card is just because our wishes get granted and like the things we want um, happen for us, that does not necessarily mean that what we want is actually what's good for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, think about like, you know, when somebody wins the lottery and this is like, a, I, I, obviously I don't have like the stats in front of me or something, but you know how there's like a common thing where people win the lottery and then they blow all of the money and then they're in a worse spot than they were when they started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that to me where although you might have your wishes filled and mm-hmm. this great momentary happiness mm-hmm. is it better for you in the long run yeah. and i often find that when i see this card it's a not <laughs> it's not better for us in the long run now that isn't to say that it's true all the time etc mm-hmm. but like think about if you have a crush on somebody Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I want to date them. And mm-hmm. then you start dating and then you find out that this person actually is kind of an asshole as a partner or mm-hmm. a creep or whatever, that you've got that wish you really wanted, but that doesn't mean that it actually was kind of what you expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, that makes complete sense. It's very I much mean... though, to me, like a grass is always greener on the other side. And so while mm-hmm. it does bring us this like amazing temporary happiness, mm-hmm. um, I always look to cards around it to see if that temporary happiness is like for the, for the greater good, for the bigger mm-hmm. picture. Do you know what I mean? Or if this is truly a, our wishes are granted, but is that what it means? I always have to like get a clarifier card with this, with yeah. this one. That's how, that's how I view like the seven of cups. That's how that card usually pops up for me. But I do love your interpretation of this card. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's not that it's necessarily a bad card, but I always, I always need that signifier with it mm-hmm. same or the clarifier with it to yeah. to be like okay but is is this a good thing getting what i want <laughs> yeah it's like how my interpretation how it's like a fine line you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah So this week, I we thought it would be super fun. Well, Robin came up with it, almost said I, but I cannot take credit. <laughs> well, you say that, but the reason I suggested it is because you've been wild for plants lately, so... I have been. Oh, you thought of me. I so did. Sweet. I was like, this, Maria will like this. Yes. Well, I do. So how about that? <laughs> Consider so. this. I do. So... So we're talking about the very central topic. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Is this central? No. <laughs> A 
about native plants. Very sensual. Anyways, <laughs> but we thought it'd be fun to talk about different plants that grow in our area and some of the folklore behind some of them and where we gather resources from. So what plants do you find in your area, Robin? Well, before we talk about plants in my area, because I'm excited to talk about that, um, I did want to talk about a website I found first that I think people will appreciate. It's called nwf.org or Native Wildlife Finder, Native Plant Finder. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it is literally a native plant finder to your area. So you put in your zip code and it shows you like the flowers, grasses, shrubs, and trees that are all native to your area, like Mm -hmm. where, where you live. And I know in previous episodes, we've talked about building your own personal correspondence and utilizing the land you live on to do that. And I found this website and I think it is so freaking perfect for doing exactly that it's so easy mm-hmm. <laughs> to just find what's in your area yeah and, and start building from there yeah and also like i don't know if many people know this but if you have an iphone if you take a picture of the plant it can show you like i didn't know what that. it thinks the plant is and there's also How? a bunch of apps what? that do it too that's literally so cool. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're like, what the hell is this growing along my fence? You can take a picture. You can either like see what the iPhone has to say, or you can go to an app, which will try to do it itself. No, it's not perfect. Sometimes it does get it wrong, but it's it can come in handy. Huh. Yeah. That is interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. And... I actually just required a few new books. <laughs> not, no, she didn't. She did not acquire a few new books. <laughs> she acquired textbooks. Like she's like you. It's when your life goes full circle, and you like you're not in college anymore, and you're like an adult, and you're not that people in college aren't adults, but you know you're settled into like adulthood. I guess you could say. Um, assuming, of course. I'm like, listen to me. I'm like justifying college ages. You know what I mean? It's the circle of life of traditional kind of life path. If right after high school, you go to college. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to buy those books. Those are expensive. And then you like are done with college. It's been 10, 15 years. And you're like, you know what? Actually, I think I am going to go buy some textbooks. (laughs) This is good. (laughs) Yeah, the one that Robin's talking about is Elsevier's. I can't, I am not pronouncing that correctly. But Dictionary of Plant Lore, it is fairly expensive. But, but, like, it's, since it's a college textbook, it's, like, very well sourced. Like, every, like, almost every sentence has where the source is from. And Mm -hmm. that's, like, very, very helpful. Especially, you can look in the back of the book and find out specific books that they had pulled it from and so then you're like well i want that one and i want that one as well (laughs) but um i did buy some local plant books which are Mm -hmm. like southeast medicinal plants by Corey pine chain and southeast foraging by chris bennett and yeah, just it really helps you look for native plants in your area because they usually are com- accompanied by huge pictures. So you can be like, oh, mm-hmm. well, look at that. 
Um, but I usually do have to look for folklore elsewhere with plants that grow around here um, because it's usually that books of lore don't just involve plants, if that makes sense. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of like dig around. But um, what was I going to say? I also like we were just talking about before we started this section that I have been joining like Facebook groups that talk about mm-hmm. native plants and they are like the most drama free zones ever. <laughs> and people just like post pictures about plants that they have found and people try to guess what they are. And that's really cute. Yeah. And it's becoming like a big thing to grow native plant gardens, like not bringing in plants that have, you know, that were pulled from elsewhere. So it's really fun to see like people making plants of local flora yeah i yeah i mean i think it's really cool i might i might pretend for a day that i use facebook more and join a group (laughs) that's the only reason why i go on there now (laughs) just check the groups like sorry aunt barbara i don't want to see you like on your other tirade about how trump should be president but i will go to this local (laughs) damn it barbara (laughs) (laughs) so for me the plans Mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk about today the first one is dogwood. Are you familiar with dogwood? Yes, 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 yes. Um, dogwood grows here all over. And I think dogwood is really cool because, like, the flowers will, like, go all crazy and then they'll just all disappear, basically, mm-hmm. in, like, a day. And they just make a big old petaled, littered mess everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and in American folklore... Like, so this this is folklore in America that doesn't make it true, okay, <laughs> um, is that Jesus was crucified on a cross made of dogwood, which is, like, absolutely untrue because dogwood is not found in Palestine, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so because of that, some people believe that if you carry a piece of dogwood around, it will help you, like protect you from getting like unwanted bites like from mosquitoes and rabid dogs and really just it's a protection amulet really uh, from unwanted attack and then because of course in american um folklore that typically deals with things like jesus they're not gonna talk about things like protecting you from evil spirits or similar because America is such a new country that we don't have that kind of old, I don't know, mythology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of course, assuming we're not talking, of course, about the Native American myths, but I am not going to talk about that because I'm not Native and I don't know anything about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, but it is used as a protection amulet. The the bark is... Um, which I think is kind of cool. And the thing is with dogwood is that you can use all parts of the tree. Mm -hmm. So like you can use the sap, you can use the bark and you can use the flowers. And -hmm. if you're using the flowers, they are specifically connected with like ancestor work Mm -hmm. and spirit work and Mm -hmm. protection. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was a kid growing up, I remember like being told that you could like tell your secrets to a dogwood tree 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't have any idea if that was just like something that, you know, my grandma told me <laughs> or if that has any basis. I tried looking it up to see if like anybody else was like n- knew about telling your secrets to a dogwood tree. Um, I've, where have I heard that before? I, I couldn't find anything on it. So that literally just might have been something Mary told me. I don't know. <laughs> I think I heard it about another tree. I'm trying to think about what other tree I heard. It. Or was it a flower? It might have been a flower. Well, I don't know. <laughs> the dog would, the secrets is you would whisper it into the flower. Oh, okay. Um, well, maybe. I don't know. But, but I, I, I couldn't heard find that. anything on it. Like, I literally, I looked everywhere. I was like, did I just make that up? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Um, but I, remember, I distinctly remember my grandma telling me that as a kid, that you could tell your secrets to a dogwood tree but i mm-hmm. i don't i couldn't find anything on it anywhere else so that literally could have just been some shit my grandma told me that was not based in any kind of like common folklore or anything but i, I remember that <laughs> little robin was like whispering secrets in a dogwood tree and grandma just wanted to know what was just standing behind the tree listening <laughs> uh yeah so and i know that dogwoods so part yeah part of the reason I picked dogwood to talk about today mm-hmm. um, is that dogwood grows although it grows here I'm pretty sure it grows like most of the United States except for obviously mm-hmm. the desert <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah I, I think they're really pretty like they're I really think pretty. dogwood trees are so pretty like I love the flowers on mm-hmm. them I think they're so nice and they have a very strong smell yeah <laughs> uh, they do sweet (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i i thought dogwood was cool and it is something local yeah what is one of your plants you want to talk about today okay so like i love plants but i actually kill many of them and i will say like but i have like i have i've been keeping my snake maria's about to talk about fucking she's about to talk about about talk about air an air cactus no 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 let's talk about the magical properties of an of an air succulent guys no okay snake plant and orchid like they've been kicking for a few months so go me but anyways <laughs> like i think if you don't have like a green thumb like me it is such a great you know like going out and find finding native plants is such a great idea mm-hmm. and um and incorporating them into your stuff and i've had like a really hard time connecting with south carolina's land um the mm-hmm. underbrush is like super thick in the forest and it can be so hard to walk through to find anything but going out and finding paths has really helped me connect better with the landscape mm. and it's amazing how many like useful things grow on the side of the road here too like mm-hmm. over here it's so easy to find witch burrs also known as um, gumdrops and mm-hmm. wild wisteria Spanish moss um, bee balm or it's called wild bergamot uh, goldenrod, spiderwort, nettle, hyssop, and also blue vervain. And like looking for wild herbs and flowers has become like a bird watching sport for me. There's <laughs> like, um, but there's so many, like, if as long as you're looking for them, you can find them. But a few of the folklore I wanted to talk about was 
so okay so b-bomb b-bombs i always said it wrong say it wrong but folklore is that it was a remedy to illnesses caused by witchcraft in mm. a disposition from the 1700s they said if you put it in a bag on a patient's chest as a charm or put some into a beer or ale with some of the patient's blood it can cure witchcraft related illnesses which i thought was pretty funny <laughs> so it'd be i think i feel like for that you know how we always say that you look towards the lore or like medicinal aspects for the correspondences that could be like anti-hex or something like that and i also view mm-hmm. um bee bomb as like kind of like honey where you want like sweet things to come to you so if you would use mm-hmm. it in spell to bring good fortune or to bring positive stuff your way. Um, And also, as I said, like Spanish moss, like grows everywhere here, especially if you go down to not in South Carolina, but in Savannah, but we still have some around here as well. But Spanish moss has a lot of folklore attached to it. And one of my favorites is a story about a Native American woman who was buried underneath an oak tree and her partner hung her braids in one of the limbs to mark her grave. And after Mm -hmm. a while, the braids began to turn gray and the wind carried the strands away to other trees. Now the trees weep um we the, the trees that carry it are like weeping for her passing if that makes sense huh. yeah i like it's really cute right? i mean kind of sad but cute too i know i really like it so but yeah that's those are that's my little tidbits of folklore um i wanted to talk about goldenrod too that was the other one I want to talk about. Yeah, we have golden Just rod so here too. Everyone's aware in a full case of transparency. Mm-hmm. I've got really bad brain fog today. And so if I sound a little like spaced out, <laughs> <laughs> like Maria, go on, go on. <laughs> that is why. <laughs> so another local plant to me is goldenrod. And goldenrod is also a plant that grows everywhere. Mm-hmm. I tried to pick plants that like that that's a common case for people yeah <laughs> uh so that way hopefully maybe if you have these plants growing near you you can utilize them mm-hmm. um but goldenrod is a divination flower um it grows everywhere it's a wildflower and a lot of people might not a lot of people do confuse it with a weed Mm-hmm. Um, because it looks a lot like a dandelion, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, actually a really, really, really good flower if you're trying to attract bees and butterflies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're like trying to plant like a bee-friendly yard, look into goldenrod. Just suggesting. <laughs> yeah, we see a lot of it on the side of the road around yeah. here. Yeah. So goldenrod is a divination flower, and in America. Uh, goldenrod has been used for dowsing rods mm-hmm. like you know what a dowsing rod is right they like take yeah. the little copper sticks or like they have sticks and they like let them loosely in their hands and they try to find water and they say that goldenrod uh, will bob kind of in the direction that the water is as well when you're mm-hmm. using them like as a dowsing rod Like, use them as a dowsing rod, so not, like, in conjunction with a dowsing rod. Am I making sense? Oh, no, you're making total sense. Keep going, you're okay. But that the goldenrod will essentially, like, move in the direction of the water, and you can use them very similarly 
to a dowsing rod or mm-hmm. as a dowsing rod. Um, and they also say that if you are a single person and you cross paths with goldenrod flowers um, and you are like out looking mm-hmm. for, for a lover, if you will, you will meet your <laughs> lover. lover the next day. Your Aww. future lover. Lover. Uh, <laughs> and therefore... Goldenrod is really good for divination, love, and money spells. Yeah. I know it's like also like honeysuckle that if it grows at your house, um, grows in your house, it means that you and your family have good fortune. That's sweet. Yes. Yeah. I think goldenrod's really pretty too. Um, oh, it's so pretty. It's really I think it's pretty. really pretty. I know that people oftentimes, like I said, will mistake in it for a weed. I think that weeds are misunderstood. Yeah, a lot of weeds are so helpful. Like, you know, mugwort yeah. grows in basically garbage. <laughs> and so does motherwort. I mean, a yeah. bunch of like the most healing herbs like grow like in awful places, but... And are considered weeds. And even some invasive weeds, too, are extremely helpful. So that you're actually helping out your ecosystem by, like, trimming them back and using them for magic or even teas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it's very cool. Um, I'm really into it. And, yeah, I really recommend that everybody go and check out that Native Plant Finder website. Because mm-hmm. you, like like Maria suggested at the beginning, like you can make a full garden with just native flowers or you can utilize it to find flowers that are native to your area and mm-hmm. dry them, use them for magic. Why shouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I really think um, when we take the time to like learn plants, like their lore and history and all that, we we really start connecting with them better. Like when we use them with Mm -hmm. our practice, we know where their correspondences come from. Mm -hmm. So taking that extra step of being like, why, like if if a spell book asks for you to use, um, let's say mugwort, he would be like, well, why would it ask for mugwort? So you would look it up and find, you know, the history and all that. That's why I usually, (laughs) if you ever, I'm actually going to be talking about this in the next part, but <laughs> I usually have like six book books open at the at a time when I'm like researching a herb if I don't understand where the correspondence comes from. And yeah, yeah, I mean that's how we build our own correspondences, right? One hundred percent. And I think it's important. <laughs> I think it's neat. <laughs> So, Maria, what's stirring your cauldron this week? (laughs) Why, thank you. That was very (laughs) sensual. You're welcome. So, like, it's so funny that you picked our discussion today, and it's what has seriously been stirring my cauldron, as you mentioned. (laughs) But, so, I've probably might have maybe bought like 10 plant books in the past month (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i was literally telling my wife how i need a new bookshelf i'm running out of space i need another like floor to ceiling bookshelf but (laughs) (laughs) i am just like becoming just obsessed with like learning all i can about plants 
at, like as much as I am about tarot. And I mm-hmm. think, and just like with tarot, I really think the trick to learning about plants is to spend quality time with one at a time and learn all you can about one until you move on to the next. <clears throat> you know, it's so easy to want to bounce around, especially if, especially if you're like ADD like me. Mm-hmm. But like I've been sticking with one at a time and it really helps you identify with them more and recall facts faster and then like mm-hmm. if you go out you can actually be like oh well that's you know blah 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 rather than you you know you look at it for like five seconds you're like oh that's what it looks like but uh you know i truly believe that when we as i said you know in the um previous section that i truly believe like when we look at like the history medical properties and lore of plants we understand their more um, magical correspondence better we connect Mm -hmm. with their spirit on a deeper level so when we use it we know why we're using it we have we're forming an actual relationship with it and you know a big part of my practice is animism and where mm-hmm. like I feel like everything has a spirit. So if I'm working with a plant that I don't really know really well, like I I don't know, I have problems like adding it to spell work. I mm-hmm. want to feel connected with it. And that's why like I try to make certain plants plant allies. So like if you follow me like on Instagram or whatever, you'll see that like periodically I'll go through like a huge stretch of working with a single plant and like that plant is added in to um my spell work for a really long time and it's just that mm-hmm. i'm building a relationship with it so but yeah um that's what's been stirring my cauldron <laughs> learning and spending too much money on her books <laughs> <laughs> So, Robin, what is stirring your... <laughs> You're making me laugh. <laughs> okay, restart. <laughs> so, Robin, what is not stirring your cauldron this week? <laughs> well, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> I cra- I've been um, cracking up each time. It's so aggravating. <laughs> Um, I actually like so Maria and I have like a little recording sheet that we just like jot down what we're going to be talking about for the day and I actually wrote like lol next to this because I know how stupid it's going to sound but I'm going to say it anyway but one minute is it as stupid as me being like I hate Elon Musk for thinking about putting lights in the sky uh this is stupider it's not stupider it's actually very like i think both of our problems problems i got a lot of problems with you people (laughs) Um, i think both of our not stirring uh are very valid but it's just gonna sound stupid to say out loud which is microplastic um i read this article about how like the average person has a credit card's worth of microplastic in their bloodstream. Isn't that crazy? That's like gross. so I don't talk about it much anymore, but I used to talk about it a bunch on social media like f- 3 or 4 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened and I was just like, you know what? Like everybody's doing their best, so I'm not I'm just going to drop it. <laughs> but I am very annoyingly like reduce reuse recycle um mm-hmm. yeah i am an eco warrior which 
I know it sounds very stupid, but it's true. I don't like using single-use plastics. We try to reduce our consumption as much as possible. It's something that I'm really passionate about, but I also recognize is not realistic for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's why I don't harp on about it. Um, mm-hmm. But it, especially considering we just had a child, and I read this article about the microplastic, now I'm like, I'm like fully going like paranoid mom mode i was like no more plastic toys of any kind not that they really had much to begin with but um yeah it's just something that like is now in my brain and i'm so paranoid about yeah i think i saw the same article like that's really i recognize that perhaps that i'm overdoing it a little bit like i recognize that (laughs) And, like, we're really good in general about, like, not using single-use products. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I am so, like, I just, like, I read that article and I was like, you're kidding, right? (laughs) Like, that's a a a joke, right? (laughs) It's just Um, crazy. Like, especially in the United States and stuff, like... It's um, not just the United States, it's, oh, it's oh, global. Yeah. The oh, world I know. is dependent on plastic. But, you know, you have places like um, Germany, which they don't use plastic bags or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to bring in your own bags. If you don't bring in your own bags, you're screwed. You have to literally go buy, like, new cloth bags. Um, but I really that's, feel like that's that how stuff it is. helps. In California, we have it, but it's like a 15 cent charge if you forget a bag per bag. Um, yeah. I just, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I know that I sound totally, like, psychotic. I no. recognize that. Listen, I mean... listeners, I recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it still made me, like, totally freak out. And I was just like, you're kidding, right? So, like, I have now, like, examined every single thing that we have. And I'm like because our move is coming up soon i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm not we're not bringing any of this stuff with us we're gonna donate it to a shelter like we're gonna donate it to kids in need like they can enjoy them and then and then the other side of me is like yeah now i'm just giving kids in need plastic to get in their bloodstreams like great robin and (laughs) oh it's so paranoid and stupid well like a lot of the plastics are actually aren't they just like coming in through our food and stuff like that from the animals and Um, from like them growing in plants a lot of it is but then i also read this other article that like what was it was it an article like it was like a reddit article so you know it's subjective but it didn't make me think okay and it was about how somebody like talked to somebody who's like the head of some fucking plastic plant who mm-hmm. doesn't keep plastic in their house because like even though it's like bpa free that just means they replaced it with another toxic chemical and i'm just like ah. <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> So I like, listen, I fully recognize that that's totally psychotic thinking on my part. I'm not going to freak out if somebody like sends me plastic things or anything like that. But it does make you think, doesn't it? At well, least it does because me, a me lot think. of, especially stateside, a lot of chemicals that are are not okay, like mm-hmm. in Europe or whatever, is okay here. And yeah. it's like, it scares wow. me. Yeah, it's scary. So scary. So scary. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so.
So every week we talk about creators that we are loving right now. This can be artists, shops, social media accounts, blogs, books, you know. <laughs> that being said, Maria, who are you loving right now? Okay. So I hope I do not like totally mess She's up. You should be. So it's another tarot deck. <laughs> that is not that is not a black and gold robin. <laughs> mm, I, it's not it's not is it or is it like that time where it was beige and you were like no it's fine it's not gold and it was like it's literally desaturated gold look (laughs) it's a photography deck like with many different colors (laughs) oh i just googled it wow yeah so it's called tarot of the drowning world from con and selensnik Oh no, yeah, I, I don't know how to like, I am so sorry. But anyways, it's just beautiful. Like it's a as I said, it's a photography deck and it's all these um like the major arcana is people basically in water and they arrange these people in such a way that represents the cards. Um Wow. So, yeah, it's like stunning, very floral, very spring and you can tell like how much love went into creating these and the pip decks are well it is a pip deck so all the court cards and everything is does not have any people um and even the court cards like they arrange like flowers and stuff in such a way that it resembles faces and yeah some of the faces are like a little scary but it's still very pretty um I actually I've been looking forward to this deck so much and like they are huge cards like from top to bottom they're seven inches so (gasps) I've been practicing do I haven't ever learned how to do the front shuffle you know like basically you're shuffling long ways rather than width ways um Mm -hmm. but I am getting a hold of shuffling length ways so so I can shuffle these cards so I can use them because they're pretty I love this this is so so beautiful right it's like little archways into like a little magical world like it's real they're so pretty so pretty and I don't know how, like the cup cards, like the cups are balanced like in different ways. I have no idea how they did that. Cause as I said, like they're balancing them on top of water. So they had to it's use weights or shallow. something. Yeah. Yeah. It's so <laughs> like they even have a music video that goes along with this deck, guys. <laughs> like these artists that made this deck are like as extra as me. So love that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> But who are you loving? I'm actually wanting to talk about my spouse. We're going to have a little Frankie appreciation moment. Um, <laughs> he's been working super hard at like editing my YouTube. He edits this podcast. He edits the Abracadang podcast. And he makes all the music and stuff for it. And, you know, somebody in the Ding Dong server... Um, said that they really liked the intro music and he got to say like oh I made that and he was really proud of it and I just you know I he does a lot of work for us mm-hmm. <laughs> um, behind the scenes and 
mostly for me. Obviously, he does it for me because I'm his wife and he loves me. He does it um, for me because he loves me too. Go on. It's true. He <laughs> is obsessed with Maria and Temp. It's really kind of sad, actually. He's a huge simp. Um, <laughs> um, but he does do a lot of work for us behind the scenes. And he gets like to be creative and enjoy this, this stuff for the most part. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just... What if you true. are actually, if you go to Anchor, you can donate mm-hmm. via Anchor to that the podcast. True. And all and that, that money goes, goes to actually to, yeah, it goes to yeah, Frank. Yeah, it goes to him. So uh, that, that, that's the Frank tip, t- tip jar. <laughs> but in reality, he he really does do a lot for us behind the scenes. And I don't know, I just want to take a little moment to appreciate him. Because yeah. he is our wild card sometimes. Um <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, ooh, wish you kept that on the inside. That's an inside thought, my guy. <laughs> but in, in generally speaking, he does work really, really hard. And uh, I don't think he gets enough credit because how would he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we it's appreciate not that we, you, Frank. Yeah, it's not, that, it's, not, it's not that we don't appreciate him. Is that it's hard sometimes to show that appreciation because he is a behind the scenes person so i just thought it'd be nice to say maybe a for our you, outro frank. we should start saying thank you frank for editing the podcast uh, let's 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 not let's not <laughs> make his head any bigger you've seen that fucking forehead man it's huge <laughs> you don't need to inflate it any bigger but i did want to take a moment to appreciate him because he does work very hard for us and we love him a lot yes. <laughs> thank you frank thank you frank <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope that we will see you again on Friday, April 29th for episode eight of season three, or possibly you'll catch us on an in-between episode of Coffee Talk. Maria and I are currently in the talks of doing something very exciting soon, so we'll see if we can get that going. You can also check out our Instagrams or on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at Coffee and Cauldrons Pod or Twitter is Coffee Cauldrons or you can just go to coffeeandcauldrons.com to find all of our socials. <laughs> yeah, and you can join our Discord tier, which is First Coven on Patreon so we can answer your questions in our part two next time. If you're loving Coffee and Cauldrons, please take a moment to review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Like we really Really yes. appreciate it. It helps us be seen. And yes. yes, 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 yes. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who has done that already. We, we see them and we appreciate them so much. Very. You'll even get to hear our lovely, sexy, sensual voices <laughs> for an additional 30-ish minute episode for being on our Patreon casting tier and up. So again, this is Coffee and Cauldrons. With Robin from At A Tired Witch on Instagram. And I'm Maria from At Maria The Arcane on Instagram. All right, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> One, two, two, two three, three, five witches. <laughs> that Perfect. was pretty good. That was good. <laughs>